Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we talk about why you may feel worse the day after a treatment. We talk about how to develop your own con ed plan, and we also review kind of our current thoughts on blood flow restriction training. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Ronald Show. We're at Champion PT and Performance up in Boston, Massachusetts. Why don't you, introduce, why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Why don't you tell me your uh, name and where you're from? Uh, well, I'm from New Jersey. What's your name? <laughs> uh, Mike Scuduto, MikeScuduto.com. <laughs> from New Jersey? That was from fantastic. Jersey. Yeah, that's good. A little something about Mike. Maybe we'll do this next episode. A little Sorry. something we don't know, yeah. but Mike's from New Jersey. Good. We're going to unfollow. Well, welcome to the show. Oh, hi, my name is Dan, guys. I'm from New Jersey also. Nice I like to meet it. you. Dan Pope. I don't know why people aren't telling us who they are, but I like this guy. <laughs> Welcome to the show. My name is Dave Tilly. I like long walks in the beach and dolphin safe tuna. Excellent. From Trader Joe's. <laughs> I like it. Good. Hi. I'm Lenny McCrana. I'm from Winthrop, Massachusetts, and I used to work with poop. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, your daughter, you still do. <laughs> I feel like you have, you have to back that up now. At That's the it. wastewater treatment plant from in Boston. Physical therapy for poop. <laughs> he does not do that. Anymore. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> oh, this one's right. getting off to a good start. Boys. Right. On that note, take right. it away. <laughs> Brooks Clyde from UNLV. <laughs> Uh, Kobe from L.A. <laughs> Kobe from L.A. Yeah, that's, that's not real. Way. That's not so real. This, I just want everybody to know this question is from Kobe from L.A. So one, that would be crazy if this really is. So, so Kobe, tweet at us if this. If, if this, I don't think it's the. Kobe. How do I, how do I increase my jump shot? Kids <laughs> yeah. that are growing up from in, L.A. In L.A. That's a good point. He's like a twelve-year-old kid. It's like all the Bradys there in Boston. That's a good, yeah, that's, that's actually a good point. So. Uh, what I like it. I think we need to start seeing more creative submissions like this. But <laughs> assuming that's not I really your problem, name, so. New England. All right, Kobe from LA. What question do you have? If a patient gets worse after treatment, not necessarily immediately after treatment, but the next day after treatment, they're in more pain. What is the first thing you do? I.e., do you give them a call right away, and what do you say to the patient? So this actually does sound like Kobe Bryant from LA. <laughs> that's, that's actually interesting. So, <laughs> all right. So as, as a physical therapist, and it, it, is this physical therapy or fitness or both? Or does it say? It doesn't really say. Like, all right. So we oh, said treatment, right? Yeah. All right. So so, so treatment. So if they're worse the next day, what do you say? What? Uh, who wants to start? What do we think, Mike? All your patients are worse the next day. <laughs> 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 what? He's now taking new patients. <laughs> why don't you start it up, Kobe? Um, yeah. Uh, okay. So it probably means maybe we overdid it. I, it depends on a lot of different things. Like, what's their diagnosis? What What am I even seeing them for? I don't know. But if, if it's like a tendinopathy type thing and they're a little bit sore the next day, I'm, I'm probably okay with a little bit of soreness. They're post-op and I did a lot of range of motion on their shoulder and they're really sore. Then that's probably not okay. Right. Um, so it d- depends, obviously. Um, but yeah, just looking at the, at the volume and the, and the workload that you're putting them through and, and using that 24, 48 hour kind of test to see if they're 
the soreness increases and did we do too much or did we not do enough kind of finding a good place for your treatment? I, I think that's good. I, I, I think that's a good answer, right? Just that de- definitely varies. I think like you, you should know. So I'm going to assume Kobe's maybe a little new or, you know, like a new grad type thing, because I think you, you kind of get the hang of that and pretty quick like in the within the first year you probably get the, the hang of that i could be wrong or uh but you, you know you you, you kind of know like like you know i have a kid right now that's tight after a bank car repair so we're cranking on him a little bit if he wasn't sore the next day i'd be like gee i better i better try harder next time right like you expect a little soreness <laughs> or with the tendinopathy like mike said like perhaps you're intentionally wanting to do that but we kind of always talk to him like the, I, half my job and maybe it's because we just work with a lot of athletes it's just calming the patient down everybody panicking at all times, especially like two weeks before spring training. Everybody's panicking, right? But it's about calming down. You never want to panic. The second you panic, they panic. Right? And then it becomes a whole thing. So do you call them the next day? I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm not against you calling them the next day, but, you know, you you almost got to, you know, be... You know, you have to assess the situation and just be careful with that because you don't want to make a mountain out of a molehill. Yeah, I think a, a lot of education before your treatment on what the goal right. of the treatment is goes a long way as well. If you say, like, we're upping your, your weights and your exercise program, you may feel a little bit sore tomorrow. That helps keep them calm. I like that. And yeah, that's a good point. But, I mean, is it ever bad the next day? What do you think, Dan? Well, I guess just to add real quick, um, I think it's important that you just set the standard and tell people, like, pain is, first and foremost, not necessarily a bad thing. So you got to kind of change that way of thinking for patients. Um, the other piece is that you just tell them it is experimental. We're going to give you what you feel is best, and you'll probably be fine. But if you're dying the next day, you got to let me know, and we can just tweak things. But don't freak right. out if that happens. Right. You know, the analogy I always kind of give to, and let's let's use this for like a throwing program for an overhead athlete, like a baseball player after surgery, right? You can extrapolate this to anything, though, right? But like we always tell people, like, look, when you first start playing catch, it doesn't always feel great, right? But like when you're throwing at 60 feet and it's a little cranky because your body's not used to it, what tends to happen is, is when you progress and now you're at 75 feet, 75 feet's a little cranky, but now 60 feet feels good. And then the next day, 90 feet's a little cranky, but 75 now feels good, right? It's a, like you're gradually applying load to the tissue, and it's our job to make sure that we're not applying load too fast or too slow. And going back to my tendinopathy thing, if you're using a zero out of 10, you may never get better, right? Because you're not loading them enough to actually get that. So, awesome, sweet, good. We, we, we fuzz? And this question is uh, from Abby from Seattle. Happy 100 episodes. You guys are really great and have significantly impacted the way I treat patients. Thanks, Thank Abby. You. Thanks, Aww. Abby. You always seem so humble when it comes to how highly regarded your products are. Oh, I like Abby. Abby's nice. Thank you, Abby. <laughs> More questions from you, Abby. Yeah, Abby, Abby, you get a free pass from now on. Any question you want to ask, just butter us up before <laughs> If I want to work my way through your products, we can only do one option per year. Would you start with your inner circle, the knee seminar, the shoulder seminar, or the functioning stability series? Did Dave and Dan complete all these programs, and in which order do they recommend them in? All right, so, well, so I not really like Abby. I mean, everything about that question oh, is perfect. I right? know. It's prom- helping us self-promote. So I'll give you a little story. Here's actually a story. Dan, how long have you been working here? I guess it's been about a year and a couple months now. All right, so Dan's been here for over a year now, we'll say, right? And I literally just got like a ping from one of my virtual assistants that is probably listening to this video right now, right? And they just pinged me and they're like, hey, Dan Pope's credit card was declined for his inner circle membership. Do you do you want me to do you want me to contact him and get a new credit card info? And I was like, oh, that's hilarious. Dan's been, been <laughs> a, a loyal inner circle customer for a, for a while. So I think, did we ever hook you up with free access? I think you do, yeah. Uh, Sweet. I've been a member since like 
probably you were like two webinars in when I first Thanks. Oh, right. It's like Dan and Abby. Right they're a great group of people. No. Right or die. <laughs> so, so that's actually, so to answer your question about Dan and Dave, then, yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, we're, you know, I'll let you guys answer that question here, but like, I think we all have learned similar stuff together because we want to have the same model. But to answer your question, you're right. We have a lot of products, right? Lenny and I have a big knee seminar. I have a shoulder seminar thing that's, you know, very detailed for each of the joints. And then there's the inner circle. I really had to pick the order you go through. I think that's really hard to say the order, but start with like knee or shoulder mm. and pick the one that you're seeing the most patients of, or maybe the least patients of, right? But the, the one you want to learn the most, because knee and shoulder are just jam-packed, comprehensive, deep programs. Once you've gone through those programs like that, then like the inner circle is like a good like, hey, let's just stay fresh, let's stay current, that type of thing. But it's a little more scattered in terms of just diversity of topics. So I mean, that's how I would answer. But I don't know, you guys, you guys say anything different? Yeah. I mean, my just like you alluded to, my beginning of practice, you know, I quickly realized that I need more information. It was based on what I was seeing. I mean, I was treating a lot of um, shoulder, uh, you know, more CrossFit kind of like overhead athlete, so I was like, oh, the shoulder course makes sense, and then, right. honestly, I, I kind of deviated a little bit, not from a course of yours, but I was treating a lot of low back, so I took a couple of McKenzie courses, and I right. read a lot of Stuart McGill's work, I'm like, all right, I feel like I got a grasp on this, and then I went back, like, all right, the knee is probably the next product, you know, I think by that time I was working here, but I started doing the functional stability stuff because I wanted to become a strength coach, and right. I wanted to, you know, I mean, I respect Eric a lot, he's helped me a lot in terms of, like, knowledge, I was like, well, this makes logical sense, I'm trying to, I've gotten through my sports boards, and I'm trying to be a better strength coach, and I actually do remember I bought all of the FST ones together and I just binged for like a month. It was a sad point in my nerdy career. He like Netflix binge. Mikey, <laughs> Mike, when Mike and I were just Facebook friends, he was like, wow, you got a lot of work to do. And I was like, I'm on it, man. I did, a, did we have that conversation? Because yeah. I couldn't log in. And you were like, whoops, <laughs> my bad. Yeah, interesting. That's funny. I read, so part of why Dave works here is we, I kept bumping into this knucklehead everywhere. Like he's at every freaking course that I was at. He was everywhere. So I'm like, well, this kid must be smart. Let's get him in here. So Debatable. Uh, yeah, debatable. So I don't know. To answer your question, it's very diverse. You, you can go in lots of different approaches, but I think you got to go by what you're what you're most passionate it's about. And completely kind of, in line with the population of people I was seeing. Yeah, right? Like so do something that's going to be impactful on you. So awesome, right? One thing is I say, I'm a little biased too, but I mean, I mean, continuing education is obviously very expensive, right? It's something you spend a lot of money on. Like, your, your inner circle is, like, dirt cheap for, like, I don't know if you've calculated the amount of hours that you put into webinar footage on that thing, but you've been doing a, a webinar every month for how many years now? Yeah, I don't even know, like four or five years? Yeah, you've got tons and tons of information on there, so it's there's lots of good stuff in there. This is the best episode ever. Yeah. I really appreciate this. Listen. I would recommend doing the knee, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really good MedBridge courses would lend that PT promo codes. <laughs> just kidding. Hey, if you want peak shoulder performance, just let me know. Well, I run, I'll get, yeah. <laughs> you like yelled that as if like that would make her hear it better. Like you're yelling through the camera. <laughs> well, to, in all honesty, to tease you a little bit, I don't want to make this like promotional. To tease you a little bit about the future, I actually hear what you're saying about the path to go through. And we're, we're actually working on that here. So we're about halfway through or so. I'm putting pressure on us of kind of actually finally coming out with like our full system of performance therapy and training, like how we do things here at Champion, how we all do our physical therapy and our performance stuff. And I think that's going to be the no-brainer starting point for people because it's like here's a full system that's going to teach you everything you need and not theoretical stuff, not everything, but like here's exactly what we do and exactly what you can do. You know how to assess and do the exact treatments on day one. So you're going to start there, and then when you master that, you say, like, hey, you know, I stink at shoulders, I want to do that. I stink at knees, I want to do that. That's the approach we're going to go. So we're actually going to solve the problem. So anyway, Abby, thanks so much for that. That was fantastic. I appreciate it. But 
Uh, do we have any like non infomercial <laughs> yeah. type? Yeah, I'm just answering a question. You can't say that that was that was Abby. <laughs> Last one, Michael Abby. from Arizona. I was hoping that you could discuss your opinions and current research on blood flow restriction training in the realm of PT for those that lie outside the athlete category. I like it. So good. That was all right. So what's our current thoughts on blood flow? We've, it's probably been a while since we've talked about this on the episode, and I think we've actually we've continued to learn and play and stuff like that. So let's be specific to the question. But rehab and non-athlete, right? But and are we new? What are our current thoughts on blood flow restriction? Do want to summarize our current? I don't know if we have a standard yeah. thought, but. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've always taken the stance that I think it was quick to market and that there's a lot to learn before we just go, like, all with it, which is fine. But it's metabolic strain. You know, it's one pathway of tissue hypertrophy and it taps into growth hormone. I think it's good. And I really think that we probably con- put it in the context of athletes because we see, like, the post-op BCLs. We see, like, shoulder stuff. And I think it's really just human-specific, right? If you have someone who's deconditioned, has surgeries, just can't load, it's a very good option to try to maintain some of that strength progress. But... I still feel firmly that like it cannot replace formal tensile loading and I think that's where uh, stories from friends of mine who are like using it in their clinic is like they do blood flow restriction training and then they're just like okay like I think we're doing well and they lose out on the other half of like tensile loading which is so important for tendon health and cartilage health and and the other effects so I feel like people are just again quick to market I just you got to be cautious about where it fits in line with the whole continuum but I haven't changed a lot yeah anybody else I've definitely started to whatnot. I've definitely used it more in my population. I use it a lot more for anterior knee pain. I think there is a decent amount of research that's beginning to show that vague anterior knee pain it does help. So I am using it more. Um, definitely post ops. Definitely people further out from post op, like three four months out. That's my kind of initiate a, a program, get them going. Um, even beyond the leg raises, when they're just be, when they're even deadlifting and, and doing everything out in the gym, I'm still incorporating that into their program, uh, whether it's bike sprints or something of that nature. So I'm using it more, admittedly. I will say that um, I think it is probably still good for people who are dealing with pain that uh, are still trying to add maybe some volume um, from my hypertrophy standpoint. I know I do this right now. My bicep is kind of bugging me a little bit. Um, and I'm still loading it throughout the course of the week, but on weekends I might do a little extra arm work and I'll put those babies on. Um, and I think that helps because we're not loading the tissue as well, much. Loading the arm farm. But at the same time, we're getting the training stimulus. So I think that's nice. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good way. That's, that's a good way of thinking about it. So at uh, the sport physical therapy section, or whatever they're called now, but the sport section's uh, big meeting in Vegas in December every year, Team Concept Conference, TCC. Uh, they actually had like a big like half day symposium on blood flow restriction. So I was pretty eager to go to it, um, watch the lectures by several people on there. And I was hoping to, to kind of take some stuff back home. And I don't, I'm not sure I did. You know, I, 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 feel, I feel like all the benefits are still theoretical at this point, And they make sense. The question is, is going to become is what are the clinical implications of these theories? So, <clears throat> okay, there may be some growth hormone type thing, but how much? Is it enough? How long? Yeah. Is it, is, it, is, it, is there any clinical implication to it, right? So I, I think it's still theoretical at this point. There's certainly situations where why not, right? Mm-hmm. I think we get some why nots, and I think we're in there. I, I can't say, though, that, and someone jump in if I'm wrong, I can't say any of us, and we've been using it quite a bit, any of us are like, wow, this, this is a game changer. Our people are ridiculously strong. I can't say I've honestly seen that. Anyone disagree? I'm trying, and I'm not. I mean, I'm, I'm trying. That's why I'm using it more, because I hear people on social media, like, you have to take these courses. I'm seeing, like, awesome changes in my patients. 
I'm not, so maybe I'm either doing something wrong or people on social media are embellishing a little. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. It was a marketing. It's always marketing. Right? I think I think we're going to see as it is now. It's like very good for the prevention of continued atrophy. You know, I think it's going to allow us to start to maintain well and start off at a better starting point for strength. It's not going to be a replacement. All right now, that's right. Uh, not, and not even to get too deep into this though, but I think even the reciprocal inhibition we have to see, we got a question if that's actually a, mm. a post-operative reciprocal inhibition is neurological mm. versus metabolic, yeah. different strain, you know, it's a whole other issue right there, but you know, we'll get into that, but so, I, look, we're still trying it, we're still pro-trying it. Um, Useful tool. Yeah, you know, go from there, right? Makes sense? Awesome. So that was three, right? Awesome. Good job, guys, everybody. We appreciate it. So thank you so much. Head to micron.com. Click on that podcast link. Ask us anything about PT, fitness, sports performance, Lenny's past experience with poop, anything you guys want to talk Not about. Right. We certainly can. Was that this episode? Seems like an hour ago. It was not that that was that long. That was this episode, right? But ask us some questions. Head to iTunes, Spotify, rate, review, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And I don't, is this our first episode that's going to have the explicit language thing on it because Lenny said poop? <laughs> I guess not. Is that a swear? I don't know if it's a swear. I don't know. Interesting. Awesome. See you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeRinal.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.